Good morning, everybody. It is uh, Tuesday, March 1st, 2022. This is the intraday version of Blue's Views. Uh, just real quickly, um, I am a, I'm really, really close here to my RIA, Blue Shirt Advisors, being fully registered with the state of Nebraska. Uh, I've got a lot of compliance and administrative work to do on that just to push it over the finish line. So if I'm a little bit slower than usual, replying to your DMs and your emails and stuff, uh, it's nothing personal. Please just bear with me. I'm doing the, the the work of like three different people here right now. I mean, the compliance stuff alone is a full-time job uh, for this business. So uh, hopefully the whole thing will be done by the end of the week. Uh, but again, just, yeah, just bear with me there. Um, there's actually very little re new research out today, which is kind of surprising given everything that's going on. Uh, it almost seems like Wall Street has gone into a holding pattern here where it's it wants to, to wait and see what happens with the Russia-Ukraine situation before it uh, goes out with any new calls. Um, so, yeah, not much. to. I mean, the, the most noteworthy piece that I saw today was the Goldman Sachs piece written by Dominic Wilson, their cross-asset strategist, who made, I think, a very important point, which is that this huge move that we've seen in bonds over the last really four or five sessions here, uh, you know, the 10 year yield has gone from over 2% to 170. Uh, so just a really massive move there. Um, he basically is arguing that, that it's totally overdone. It doesn't reflect fundamental realities and I could not possibly agree more. Um, <clears throat> no one knows uh, how long this Russia Ukraine situation is going to last. No one knows if it's going to metastasize into something more serious. Uh, obviously, at the, at the moment, it remains a very, very parochial conflict between Russia and the Ukraine. And there obviously are a few proxies uh, involved. You've got you know the U.S. and Germany and, and France and Britain sending weapons and supplies to Ukraine. But so far, it has not uh, jumped into something more uh, global in terms of uh, direct involvement. Most of the geopolitical people, uh, I took, basically there are three guys that I have access to that are really good with geopolitics. All three of them believe that this is all going to be over in the next few weeks. Now, doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to be right. There is the possibility that the thing gets, you know, I mean, Putin has obviously had more trouble conquering Ukraine than he thought he would, than pretty much anyone thought he would. The consensus view seems to be that, you know, Ukraine is, is, you know, staging this, this noble defense. They're hanging on tighter than people expected them to. They're giving Russia more trouble than anyone expected them to. But in all reality, they're probably not going to be a holdout that much longer. So the idea basically is that we're, we probably aren't too far away from uh, Russia basically taking Kiev, taking control of the country and the government and basically forcing uh, everyone to sit down at the negotiating table. And that's when we find out what Putin's really after. Right. So at the moment, the expectations for this to really uh, level up into a true like world war are very, very low. And I think appropriately so. So if you are in that camp that believes that the conflict is likely to resolve itself for the most part in the next few weeks and remain relatively parochial, then you have to start asking yourself this question. Have we really overshot big time here in terms of what treasury bonds have done over the last four or five sessions? And again, I, I agree completely with Dominic Wilson at Goldman Sachs. This has gone way too far. Inflation, of course, has only gotten worse. Yes, the risks to global growth have uh, become elevated because of this conflict, because of what it's doing to supply lines, because of what it's doing to the financial system. That being said, lasting damage has not yet been done. 
if it continues for another couple of months, yeah, the damage could be considerable. But at the moment, there is this, I think, this, this growing view out there. Yeah, but even before the war began, there was this attitude that, oh, the Fed is all talk. <clears throat> you know, they're never going to hike and they're never going to reduce the balance sheet. Maybe they hike once. They're one and done. Of course, that whole narrative has been fed mightily over the last week or so. And now there are people actually saying that the Fed isn't going to hike at all uh, and that they're going to they're going to if anything, they're going to start to print money again and expand the balance sheet even more. I think at this moment, given what we know, that's complete and utter nonsense. Um, inflation uh, was a problem before the war even began. It's become a bigger problem since the impact on the U.S. economy so far has been very, very limited. OK, yes, the impact on the European economy has been severe and will continue to get worse as long as the conflict drags on. But the Fed, even though, yes, it kind of is the central bank for the world, remains the U.S. central bank. And it has massive political pressure on it internally to get inflation out of the headlines by the middle of the year. Um, it has a credibility problem. And when you look at this sort of like heroin addict reaction function that the market has developed where Anytime there, I mean, what's gone on here the last couple of weeks has been really, really bad news. And what's happened? All the mega cap tech stocks caught a huge bid. You know, terrible news is incredibly bullish in a lot of people's minds. Now, it's the Fed's own fault for creating this beast, right? But this is something that they have to get under control. The market's psychology, this propensity that it has to view horrible news as extremely bullish is a major, major problem for them they have to break this mentality. It is directly feeding into the inflationary loop. As, as I said yesterday, Zoltan Pozar over at Credit Suisse wrote a note last Wednesday talking about the fact that he believes the Fed wants to see the market drop considerably to get the entire psychological element of the you know, asset inflation into actual real world inflation loop under control. Um, as far as how this impacts our trades, obviously, you know, we've seen this huge drop in yields. So we've, uh, you know, we've seen the S&P NASDAQ ratio come under a little bit of pressure here. Technically, we're still in perfectly good shape on the trade. But yeah, it's been a rough couple of days here. The trade is moving against us. We have added to the trade opportunistically. I still have very, very high conviction in this trade. The only way I would lose that conviction is if the Russia-Ukraine situation were to really metastasize into something much more major than it is. Once this, once the Russia-Ukraine stuff starts to move into the background a little bit more, all of the issues that the market and the Fed were facing prior to the invasion are going to come back into the forefront. Uh, so I am in the camp, again, that believes that this is a temporary dislocation. This is a good time to add to the trade that we have on. I, I did... I am interested in shorting treasuries here. I'm a, it looks like the news flow from Ukraine may get worse in the very, very short term before it gets better. I'm not sure I really want to stand in front of that. Um, I think there may be a better technical entry point in terms of shorting U.S. 10-year uh, treasuries. So I had that trade on earlier in the day. We took it off for a very small loss. I'm going to be patient here and see if we can get a better entry point. Because remember, we are essentially already short U.S. treasuries by virtue of being long the S&P and short the NASDAQ, right? That's an implicit element of that trade. So even though given this huge dislocation that's developed, I don't mind kind of doubling up on that same trade a little bit. 
I want to be very selective about where we put it on. Um, let's see. So I'm at the eight minute mark here. As I said, there's not much more to talk about in terms of Wall Street research. They've all been kind of quiet. Uh, if I come across anything, I will definitely tweet it out. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much all I got from today. You know, I think this is, these are the opportunities. Uh, and again, this is a very unusual situation. There's a lot going on, a lot of moving parts, and it's normal to be, I mean, volatility is very high. It should be very high. These are the situations where if you have, uh, you have a high conviction thesis, you know, on a six to nine to 12 month basis, and you get a situation like this where there's a temporary and very, but very large dislocation between what's really going on uh, in, you know, the market's mind in the short term and what's likely to happen over the next, as I said, you know, six to nine to 12 months. This is the time to be putting these trades on, to be adding to these trades, to be placing these bets, because again, unless uh, unless the war really escalates and gets out of control here, I think what we're going to see here over the next three to four weeks is a major snap back in the opposite direction. Will the Fed come through with some big new liquidity package? I highly doubt it. I think they, I mean, if I'm them, I'm sitting there just beating my head against the wall going, what do I have to do to catch a break here? I think they hate the notion of having to support financial markets further than what they've already done. Now, you know, they're not going to just stand idly by and watch a Lehman type situation unfold. They will provide the dollar liquidity that they have to if required. But this notion that they're going to suddenly start expanding the balance sheet again in any meaningful way and walk away from their rate hikes, I think is complete and total nonsense. That's the dis disconnect I'm talking about. That's the disconnect that we are going to continue to try to exploit. As you all know, I have added, I've gone beyond, <clears throat> uh, in terms of gross leverage, I've gone beyond uh, what I initially planned to with this long S&P short NASDAQ trade. And that's because I think this is a disconnect that we have to try to exploit, right? It's These opportunities don't come along very often. There's no guarantee that they're going to work out. Okay, this could go against us. We will continue to use very tight risk management technique and control. But this is an opportunity. This is a big fat pitch that I want to swing at, and we will continue to swing at it. All right, we will talk to you again tomorrow. Everyone have a great day.